everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. Hello, Lauren. <laughs> May I have a pack of cigarettes and a vial of insulin, please? <laughs> Klaus von Bülow and Sonny von Bülow. We're talking Reversal of Fortune from 1990. Yay! Yay! It's like seedy, wealthy, murder, coma, mystery legal drama <laughs> yeah basically it's a law movie <laughs> kind you, of. um you kind of get a crash course in like fourth amendment pr- pr- procedure it's like, true I mean, like i mean you're just like oh right that's like i guess there are amendments other than than the first one that kind of matter <laughs> so. And also, you get like a look at Alan Dershowitz when he like wasn't kind of allegedly a little weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is kind of what he was known for. Uh, this type of case, and also like pro bono work, like as a lawyer. This is like in the eighties, and then later on, we knew him because he was part of the dream team on the O.J. Simpson legal trial. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if we heard from him, but then he, I think he was on Epstein's law team. Yes. I think I heard the same thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a bit of a, yeah, but this is at this point, this is like his book. He wrote the book reversal of fortune on this case, which is real. So this is all like a true story, but like slightly exaggerated. Yes. Yes. Which is really cool. Directed by Barbette Schroeder, who I know from directing Murder by Numbers, another incredible oh, film that we will touch on because it became my personality when I saw it in like 2002. I, I saw that movie in the theater with, with my mom and I loved it. Oh, I saw um, the theater too. Oh. Yeah, that yeah, was good. Dude, anyone out there, if you've not seen Murder by Numbers with Sandra Bullock, Ryan Gosling, and Michael Pitt, go. Go yeah. now. It's so fucking good. We have to do it for Forward Flash. Um, yeah. it's, just, it's on my list to do, but yeah, it's so good. So that's what I know Barbette from, but do you know anything else that they've directed? Um, I'm not sure. Um, they're fairly known cause I've seen that name. Okay. I'm going to, I didn't really Google. Um, um, well that's what good old IMDb is for. Oh, single um, white female. Oh, I knew it was something else that we'd, yeah, that we talked. I was like, there's something else big. Okay. Those are the big ones. Barfly. I have not seen that's from 1987. That's is what's that making with... work. I yeah, I was going to say, is that a Mickey Rourke movie? Yeah, um, uh, he's done a lot of really cool movies. Um, he's from Tehran. I think oh, he's okay. uh Iranian-born Swiss film director. Interesting. But yeah, really, really cool. Really good at those kind of like dark and seedy kind of, I don't know, that kind of style yeah. film, I think. Oh, he um he directed an episode of Mad Men. Oh, cool. He, uh, oh, he did, do you remember, there was this, um, Meryl Streep movie that came out in the mid-90s called Before and After with Edward Furlong, um, that sounds familiar, it was, uh, anyway, he directed that, but thing was sort of about, like, um, a, uh, like, rich boy who's girlfriend dies under suspicious circumstances and oh. like um i think that like his parents are played by meryl streep and liam neeson and Ooh. um oh he also directed kiss of death oh wow um, he did um i don't recognize anything, anything else but okay cool 
There's so many of these. We were just talking about it on the Ice Storm episode because this is the next 90s one after this, which is really interesting that I was talking about, like, maybe I kind of want to do, like, genres in 2024. So I guess we're, like, instinctively doing it where one month is, like, they all happen to be, like, I think we talked about doing workplace, um, workplace dramas or comedies. Yeah, um, in one month, but this one is kind of going off of the domestic drama, which was the ice storm. And yeah. it seems to be a lot of holiday and like winter themed films or like films about families inside, because that's, I and think when you're spending the most time, you know, it is also the season. And I think this technically counts as a Christmas movie too. So. Right. Like I think it just might, because this took place, her comas were like right around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe this this is I mean, instinctively a Christmas movie. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that vat of eggnog alone is just like oh, yeah. enough to catapult this movie to a whole new level. <laughs> okay, we have said it now. It has been said. It has been written. Reversal of Fortune is a Christmas movie. Because <laughs> you know how every year I feel like there's a meme where they try to claim a completely random film that has a, any Christmas in it, a Christmas movie? Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're going to say Reversal of Fortune is a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> I think for sure. Yeah. Uh, I have to also say Go is probably my favorite Christmas movie. Um, it's just, it's just oh, yeah. the best. <laughs> it's just like the best for a Christmas one. Die Hard, you are seeing. I have not seen it, but it is playing here like at the 20th. So maybe if you want to go again, I'm, I'll, I think it's at like AFI on the 20th. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I know people um, talk about Die Hard. <laughs> well, um, also, you know, um, um, Hot Stud Jeremy Irons plays the villain in Die Hard 3. Oh, is the third one? Are the sequels good from Die Hard? I I thought the first two were 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 good. There's um I think I think there's just Die Hard two. Oh, and the villain in that movie is played by uh Sheriff Valenti from Roswell. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, let's also just take a moment for like amazing hot ass Jeremy Irons. Like at any age, he's the Sean Connery of our era now. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I he's mean, like the hottest like elder actor that's almost like a Richard Gere like he still got it <laughs> yeah he's just you know I haven't really seen him in that much stuff but every, every time I do see him I always just 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 enjoy it um he was like, in um the Batman I believe with Ben Affleck he was oh, the Alfred okay. I see and he um, was also in uh that oh the Flash like the one with Ezra he was in that uh, Okay. Yeah, that recently came um, out. He still works. I, I haven't seen it, but I think there's a David Cronenberg movie called Dead Ringers where he plays identical twins. That what? Cool. Yeah. I need to see more of his like filmography. I mean, it's huge. He's been yeah, in, yeah. in so much. I want to see Lolita, as I have never seen the Lolita from the 90s. Actually, I haven't seen either one of them, but I think, he, isn't he in that? I'm not sure. Oh, I oh, think he's but... the guy. Oh, I think you're right, though. In Lolita, yeah. I yeah, think he's, like, yeah, yeah. the main guy, yeah. Because I think there's a Stanley Kubrick version of Lolita where the main character is played by James Mason, I want to say. Oh, be yeah, because it's, like, the 60s, I think. Um, but, um, I'm, um, but I think they re- remade it at some point. Yeah, um, his is the one he's in is in 97. Oh, okay, okay. And he's also in Stealing Beauty, which we covered with uh, Liv Tyler. He's in that. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, yeah, he's in like a shit ton of stuff. 
It's kind of insane. It's, I mean, I'm looking now what he's in. It's, it's it's weird. He's like this very very like this distinguished actor. It seems like the thing he's known for most is being the voice of Scar in The Lion King. How amazing, like... though. <laughs> that, that's pretty amazing that he's the voice of Scar. And I think, doesn't he say the same thing that he says in this where he goes, you have no idea, like, as Scar? Yeah. I think he does. Yeah. I think that's, like, a callback to oh, a callback okay. to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he also was in a Simpsons episode, which I want to see, uh, see. It's in 2012. Oh, um, nice. Season 23, Mo goes from rags to riches. <laughs> He's in that episode, so I haven't seen that. Oh, and also he was in the Borgias. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was a Showtime series about, like, the Borgias family and, like, the Medici's. Oh, it I was, like, the other family. I don't think I ever, ever saw it. I heard it was supposed to be good. Yeah, like, he is, I think, uh, one of, like, the main, like, the patriarch, I think, of that family. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's cool. pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean... Hats off to to Jeremy Irons, just like his voice. And I, I mean, his voice is, I, I wrote to you, I was like, he needs to do a Planet Earth spinoff. We need to get him like narrating some like wildlife or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, you know, Attenborough is pushing 90. And if he ever wants to retire, then I'm sure Jeremy Irons could fill in. So what do you think about the prospect of in the future, let's say 20 years when we may or may not have these amazing speakers around, would you be comfortable if at the time AI was perfected enough to have David Attenborough always be the wildlife narration that if you couldn't tell, Mm -hmm. like what if they were AI now and they just didn't say anything? I don't know. I don't know. It's. I mean, it's, I, don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's. Just, I mean, I, I guess they can try to to duplicate it, but you, sometimes you just can't duplicate yeah. the whole thing. I saw so. that posed on Twitter, and I was just like, uh, no. Like, I mean, I like him, but I don't think we should like make it fake, yeah. <laughs> where we don't know what they would say. I mean, I know it's a script that yeah. is written it's not like it's him just narrating off the top of his head but yeah that might be kind of scary with ai but some people were like really into it i was like oh, mm-hmm. i don't know hopefully we won't find out yeah <laughs> hopefully that won't happen but yeah we have glenn close who i for some reason always confuse when i was younger with meryl streep i know they're very different but they just like give me the same vibe I, th- I think they're probably competing for the same types of roles you know probably so it wouldn't surprise me yeah, that would that would probably be why. And then this is my first watching. I also like this too that I'm deep in the crown. I'm about to finish like season four. So this is like right in my like wheelhouse of like stuffy wealthy people and like saying what like you can't say and kind of like walking into rooms and just <sighs> and like walking out. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, well, a- after ten to twelve glasses of eggnog, Sunny, Sunny certainly did not hold back. <laughs> so. I mean, Sunny was a G. <laughs> yeah. She was out here just like, who knows what the fuck actually happened? Which is one of those like, it's like a Law and Order ending. It's like you yeah. pose all these theories of like what potentially could have happened and how she got into a coma for twenty eight years. And never friggin' woke up. She ends up dying in nineteen what, ninety? Uh, no, she or... died. In, she died in two thousand eight. So oh, two thousand eight. Shit. Yeah. And he died yeah. in like twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. And he was like ninety two or something. Yeah. And they were married the whole time. Well, that's not that's not exactly true. Um, oh, really? No. Well, so um, 
after the second trial, um, the kids sued him for a um, for um, in a civil suit, and um, and Klaus decided to settle out of court. And one of the um, one, one of the terms that he had to agree to was to give Sonny a divorce um, <laughs> and to leave the country. Um, and in return, um, their daughter, Cosima, had been disinherited from her grandmother's m- m- will because she took her father's side. And oh. so Klaus agreed to these terms and his daughter would be reinstated. So No way. Yeah. So um, he took that. Yeah, yeah. And then just um, left the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently he moved to London and became a theater critic so (laughs) what a fucking piece of shit he just seemed so like the thing is is i guess it's the way that he came we don't really know what happened yeah i guess really to even call him a bad guy but he's not good i mean i mean i i mean i i um i personally just from the evidence that i saw i just can't find where evidence that there was a crime yeah so I mean, um, so um, I, I mean, as I, I guess I sort of agree with Dershowitz, and just in the sense that I guess I think Dershowitz was sort of on on the fence too, like mm-hmm. where I don't where I think he's not guilty, but I wouldn't go far as to call him innocent either. Yeah, I suppose. Um, His demeanor I, has a lot to do with it. I um I I wonder if that's just like a. European thing, you know, and it could be, yeah, just yeah, like a I mean, kind of standoffishness that we mm-hmm. think if you're not being completely open and warm and friendly, like people are here, that's always equated with like niceness, yeah, and trustworthiness. If 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 you're friendly to everyone, if you smile, if you're not like that, then immediately I think Americans are kind of like put off, yeah, being like, what's your problem? Why are you not? happy to be alive yeah it's really strange <laughs> but I mean, it's really it's, strange to think about yeah yeah no but i mean in, in this country it's it's like dangerous to not show a certain amount of grief you know like um you know especially if your loved mm-hmm. one dies under mysterious circumstances so yeah <laughs> and you tend to send, like tend to inherit like a fuck ton of money um, like 79 million dollars um i believe Sonny's net worth at the time of her second coma was about a hundred million. Damn! Allowed to inherit between fourteen and seventeen million. The thing is, is that she was never like she was in a coma. She was never dead. If he wanted yeah. to get any money, then why wouldn't he have just like killed her? I mean, because I don't the know. fact that she was alive, it's like it keeps everything in limbo. Yeah, I mean, well, I, th- I think that's a good case against ar- arguing, you know, that the, f- the fact that, you know, he may not have done anything. And that to... she was documented at, as, like, experimenting with drugs anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say it again. 10 to 12 glasses of eggnog. <laughs> like, I mean... Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we also don't know if everything he said was true either. That's that that's true as well, but yeah. So we don't even know if our definition of facts are not even facts. But I I think that statements by the children have also proved to be false too. So um, 
And so I guess you just sort of have to go with your gut. I love you know? that she was married to like this hot young dude, and then she was like, "But she, he was betting everyone all over town." And then um, she's like, "So I decided to bet everyone all over town." Prince Alfred Edward Frederick Vincennes <laughs> Martin M- Maria von Auersberg. <laughs> <laughs> what a name! Like, what a name! That's crazy. Um, so we mentioned that this novel is by Alan Dershowitz, screenplay by Nicholas Kazan. This premiered, I have a bunch of dates I saw for the premiere. I've seen uh, November of 1990. I've also seen October 19th in 1990. My only funny thing is that I, obviously I said it was my first watch. I have a memory because I am a Cirque du Soleil nut from like the late 90s to like the mid to, I mean, late 80s from the mid to late 90s. So when, before I saw the shows, like here in DC when I was really young, and then HBO back in the 90s would play like this Canadian, um, I guess, performance that was professionally like recorded or whatever. So my dad taped it and gave it to me on VHS. So I like had it and I would like watch Mm -hmm. all the time. At the end, or I think maybe it was the beginning of the broadcast, they have commercials for movies that were like coming on HBO and Reversal of Fortune was one of them. Oh, <laughs> so I, I remember being like, oh, my God, I must have been like eight or nine. I was really young. And I remember like when I would put the tape in, I would see like Jeremy Irons and I would see him like I would see the the picture of like her falling in the bathroom, like yeah, face yeah. down. And then I remember seeing like I never remember seeing anyone look like Dershowitz. I remember seeing Glenn Close and I remember seeing Jeremy Irons like sitting in the chair. And then they were, then they showed the like, you have no idea. And then it was like reversal <laughs> of fortune premiering Saturday at eight on HBO. And it was like this really like it looked more like seedy and like it was like a showtime. I remember it being like a kind of like I thought it was like this like erotic thriller. Yeah, I think I don't think I. And then when I was watching it, I was like. Oh, it's a legal movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of expecting it to be, I think, because I tried to go in, like, not knowing what it was. And I was thinking, like, Reversal of Fortune was going to be, like, this erotic thriller where, like, he may or may not have killed his his wife. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's law students. And it's, like, college. <laughs> and, like, a bunch of people talking about legal shit with, like, this nerdy professor. And then Jeremy Irons just kind of, like, wandering around and being like, well, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> like sitting at the table of like a shitty Chinese food place and then being mad that everyone ate the ginger chicken. I was like, this is very different than I thought. What do you give a wife who has everything? <laughs> a shot of insulin. <laughs> but it's like, but and they're all looking around like, <laughs> but did you? <laughs> yeah. Like, we need to know. It was just like, yeah, so it was actually kind of like a funny bait and switch that it ended up being like a domestic legal murder mystery but i do think he makes a good jeremy irons also kind of would make a good uh like defense lawyer yeah yeah I agree. like a richard gear and primal fear oh kind of vibe. I, I did see this movie he was in um that was made a couple years after this called damage um Ooh. and he uh it had it like stars him and he play and he plays a member of parliament and his wife is played by miranda Richardson, who was in the crying game. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And uh he, the one who um, was like that insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was pretty badass. Um, so she plays his wife, and so he has a grown son who gets engaged to, I think, like uh Juliette Binoche. Oh. Um, and uh he and his wife's fiance start to have an affair. And um, his son catches them 
and something horrible happened, like truly oh, horrible. And um, it's 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 like one of these movies that is just like not fun to watch at all. But I couldn't stop. <laughs> like, oh shit! I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just like oh, it's just like it's just like gut punch in 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 like the throat. And you know, it just just like just like there is no joy. There is no redeeming joy in this movie at all. But I totally loved it. <laughs> Ooh, so. oh, damage, nineteen ninety two. Ooh, that qualifies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that qualifies for nineties. <laughs> oh, cool. That sounds good. Yeah. There's another movie that he's in called High Rise with like Tom Hiddleston. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, like that was kind of weird. It was cool. It was like twenty fifteen. I'm hoping that Tom Hiddleston, I, I really love him. I'm hoping that he does more now that he's like kind of out of the Loki era. Yeah. He can like go back to doing like other films because I, I really like some of the weird stuff that he chooses. I yeah, kind of want to see too. Hiddleston in like a Cronenberg, like a that, really like weird. Kind that would of be movie. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm hoping that he does cool shit. Nice. Um, yeah. So what's your first uh, impression? Like, when did you first see this? You know, I honestly don't remember. Um, but um, I guess this movie just came came to mind because we had just seen Saltburn. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you go know, to the Patreon if you want to hear our, our our review about Saltburn. It's like a loose review, but we talk about why yeah. we liked it. <laughs> um, so I don't know how I came across the movie, but. I have access to Google and Jeremy Iron is hot, so I'm guessing I put two and two t- t- together at some point. So, like, I mean, he does look pretty smoking in this. Yeah, I do love that his like instead of wearing like an eye mask, it's just like a bandana <laughs> and like a knit hat. It's like and like a wool sweater to go to sleep because she sleeps with like the window open in like winter. Yeah, it's um for for someone who has access to all this money like the way he sleeps is remarkably low rent like <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you can't afford like heat like that's what it's giving it's giving like yeah also those places that have radiators those massive homes like they don't i I thought about this a lot watching the crown because i'm feeling like so glad that i'm actually not at all aristocracy because i don't (laughs) think i could handle it Mm -hmm. because most places in europe like don't have air conditioning and especially like those palaces that are super old like they just don't and i don't think i could handle that like i i just couldn't in the summer like versailles i couldn't handle yeah. Like, and they're all wearing those like massive dresses and you know they're everyone's sweating. There's no baths, there's no indoor plumbing in Versailles either. I found out in my just in my like investigation and I was like, oh no. I could not <laughs> handle that. Like no way. So in this place, I couldn't handle it either because I'm sure it's drafty as fuck in that big ass house. Those yeah. little radiators are not gonna do it. <laughs> and they're like by the ocean, so you know it gets like, you know, like <sighs> It's either either feels really nice or it doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, it's probably really like, like cold. You have to have, like light a fire and yeah. sit right by it. Yeah, basically, it is really like low <laughs> rent with his earplugs. He's yeah. just like fuck this. <laughs> so yeah, you just kind of like decided to yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do reversal yeah. of fortune. This is good. This wasn't on my <laughs> list, and I I've heard of it. And like halfway through, you were like, "Do you like it?" I was like, "Yeah, I like legal shit. I, I watch Law okay. and Order." And there, I think, was a Law and Order episode where this guy was um, suspected of killing his wife with a shot of insulin. Oh, or, I think she did go into coma. So I think it was like Lucy and based on the Klaus von Bülow, um, like you know, legal case because they do that. They like pull stuff. This case was sort of going on like at around the time we were being born, like just becoming toddlers. So it wasn't necessarily something. I really knew about um me either yeah we were in the 80s case 
Yeah, so, um, like, I think I may have heard some people reference it, but I was like, I don't know, what does that mean? <laughs> so, uh, there's a um, Seinfeld episode where Jerry um, says it's it's called the suicide. It's actually like a, a funny episode, but um, <laughs> he actually says like, oh, it was a regular coma, not a not a Sonny von Bulo coma. <laughs> like that's what he says. So, so that means at that point, in, I think it was like '92 or '93 when that episode was out. So that means at that point, it was like in the zeitgeist. Okay. Um, where okay. some people like that age would have known what that meant. So it must've been like a big, like national case. My mom didn't remember it, but you know, she's like, I don't know. Maybe other people did, but I, she's like, I don't remember it. I, I think this is, um, I, I think this is one of those cases that, um, I think the first trial at least was televised publicly or it was aired publicly on like television oh. for, 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 for the first time in like the, I think 82. So I think it might've been one of the first to be aired. So I think that, it um, sort of got that um, title that every big trial gets, which is, you know, the trial of the century. You yeah. Know? And so um, I was like, I mean, this is a big deal, but it's nothing compared to the John- Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Like that was genuinely one of the most in- 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 insanely entertaining things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what happened to myself. And I feel like a lot of people really lost themselves in that trial. And it kind of scared me to like <laughs> what end I became obsessed with something I had no idea I would become that obsessed with because we've never had a trial documented the way that was documented. Mm-hmm. Like even OJ, which definitely was the trial of the century of the night of the 1900s, like the 20th century. Yeah. It was definitely the trial of that century because of, because of the media. Yeah. Like the yeah. more there's media coverage, like the more the trial is going to be covered. So for instance, even like, even the Johnny Depp Amber Heard one, like I was like getting up to watch this specific woman live stream the entire <laughs> case. And if I'm watching it, I can only imagine her getting yeah. up every fucking day and she's a real lawyer or I think she doesn't practice anymore, but she's like, knows all this stuff. She's watching the live stream. She's pausing it to tell us like what some of these things mean and giving us like, right. Like really real time commentary. It was like, unlike it was like playing yeah. basketball at an Olympic level or yeah. like figure skating at Olympic level. I don't know how you're multitasking this way and you're telling us and explaining it into like layman's terms and like what's actually going on and like, ooh, the prosecution dropped the ball there. See, they like should have should okay, we're, okay, we're back in. And then she would like yeah. stop. Like it was crazy. It was amazing. I wanted to be a lawyer for like 4 months. <laughs> I was like actively like looking up law schools. It was very much like how it is when you watch like a TV show for a long time and you were watching Project Runway and then you like sent off to like fashion school brochures I mean, and then you like was... watched ER and you were like trying to investigate like proper medical schools. <laughs> it was kind of like that. I was like, I can be a lawyer. I can do this. I was like, like I mean, how important are MCATs in order to get into medical school? Like, <laughs> yeah, can you just go in? Will Dr. Carter like kind of be in every ER or what? <laughs> or are they basically like lame when you actually go to it? You're like, oh, this is like a real fucking shit. It's not like ER. Oh, yeah. I guess you sort of have to know stuff that's like kind of important, I guess. <laughs> you're like, I so wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Um, cool. Well, let's get on to behind the scenes because it's like almost 30 minutes in. So, all right. We should probably talk about that. I don't have that many. So, you I go. Have, I have a few. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Critics give this movie 92%. Audience, 78%. 78? 
I was like, really? Idiots. That seems, that seems strange. Um, it's kind of low. I, I was like, don't make me agree with the critics for Christ's sake. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> I'm going to give it an 85. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fair. Yeah. Um, so this movie was nominated for three Oscars. Um, best, best director, Barbette Schroeder. Um, best adapted screenplay, Nicholas Kazan. And um, best actor in the leading role, Jeremy Irons. And he won. <sighs> Um, so, um, sweet, sweet justice. Yes. <laughs> what um, else was nominated that year? Who was uh, he up against? The other n- nominees this year were, um, and the nominees for best actor in the leading role are Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. Oh. Robert De Niro, Aw- Awakenings. Hmm. G- Gerard Depardieu for Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> And finally, Richard Harris for The Field. <laughs> Ooh, I love Richard Harris. Um, um, just some side notes of, of categories it was not nominated for. It was not nominated for Best Picture. It was not, um, Glenn Close was not nominated in either supporting or leading. I think you could go either way. That's bullshit because I thought she, in that one scene alone where she says, like, I need a man and I already have a butler, <laughs> given her the fucking Oscar. I was like, <laughs> I was like screaming. I thought that whole scene, that scene alone should have, like, won her a definite nomination. I'm talking yeah. about the whole award, but no nomination. Who was nominated? This is well, an English patient year, is it? Well, so this was the year that Kathy Bates won for Misery. Um, oh, this was a, yeah, this is a so tough category, I, um, though. But I'm wasn't sure. Julia Roberts up this year for Pretty Woman? Yes. Yes, oh, she no. was. Sub her out. Sub her <laughs> out. I'm sorry. Um... Um, also, no nominations for costume design, art direction, or makeup and hairstyling. What the fuck? Um, and production I, design. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but I mean, you know, it seemed like it was it was like it was like recognized in, in some way, and Jeremy yeah. Irons did win. Thank God. Thank so, God. Yeah, at least we got that. Um. So, um, at, um, I'm trying to think. So, um. This was Jeremy Irons, Irons's, Irons's, Irons. Irons's. <laughs> Jeremy Irons's only Oscar-nominated performance throughout his entire career. That's criminal. Which is, which is insane. <laughs> insane. Um, so it's uh, several points during the movie. Um, Dershowitz, um, like cites two two brothers i think in uh texas who are mm-hmm. on death row for breaking their father out of prison um this was the case of the tyson brothers in who were in arizona who mm-hmm. like the, the movie said they broke their father out of prison and were charged with with murder when he killed four people where's that um, movie i exactly um just a just um just a, just a side note the tyson brothers are both white um yeah why do they make them black in the movie like is that supposed to make us like have a different vibe about it i guess we're supposed to like dershowitz more if we know he fights for black Um, people i don't know that's right and now well with his image now so i guess he needed all the help he can get to seem sympathetic i suppose in a film yeah um so jeremy iron said the, the hardest part he had with this role was getting the voice down um yeah that's interesting because like it's like it's not because I think that Klaus von Bülow was originally from Denmark, so it's like sort of this hybrid like Danish British oh. accent, 
And, um, you know, I think just because of like the class he was in that probably like affected the way he spoke too. So it's, I think, I think he said that was just, it was just hard to get down like perfecting. So he didn't really like find the, the voice until about halfway through, through the movie. And then they had to like go back and reshoot it. Oh, wow. Um, um, but, uh, let's see. Um, oh, so this movie, um, in addition to Jeremy Irons has three, has one other Oscar winner and two other Oscar n- nominees. Ooh. Um, the guy who plays Evan Marriott or David Marriott. Oh yeah. Fisher Stevens. Um, Yes, he won a um, he won an Oscar for uh, best doc- documentary for the Cove, which I think oh. was in two thousand eight. Was um, that the one about the dolphins? Yes. Yes. Oh, Fisher Stevens was like the Warren Beatty of the eighties and nineties. Like he dated yes. like Michelle Pfeiffer. He dated like Parker Posey. I think there were like a bunch of like actresses that he dated a yeah, long time okay. ago. He was sort of always sort of around. Mm-hmm. He's in succession um, mm-hmm. most recently. Um, so, um, and, and then in addition to Jeremy Irons and Fisher Stevens, Glenn Close has been nominated for an Oscar eight times and n- n- never won. That's crazy. And then in addition to her, um, Felicity Huffman also makes an appearance in, the, in this movie. And she was nominated for Best Actress for the movie Trans America that came out in 2006. And she famously went to jail for cheating her child with William H. Macy into college. And then she recently said in an interview, not only did she kind of like stick her foot in her mouth even more, but she basically said, I had to cheat. My daughter was like never going to get into school otherwise. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's pretty awful. So, and she talks about like being held at gunpoint, like when they raided her house, I guess when they like served a search warrant. Wow. And it was kind of insane, like her her story. <laughs> um, I also have to point out that Fisher Stevens uh, was like the villain in Hackers. Like he's in everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. it's actually kind of crazy. And I'm just looking at other things he's in besides Succession. He's like a massive director mm-hmm. now. And one of the things that he directed was one of the Beckham uh, shows, like the documentary that David Beckham won. That's oh, like okay. on Netflix right now. He did Palmer, which is this film that just came out on, uh, or no, no, it didn't come out on Netflix. It was like on Apple or something. But he does like feature films too, and like music videos, and like directs a lot of like cool stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and then um, finally, there is a quote from Dershowitz throughout the movie, where he's talking to a student. That's just I'm just gonna say the quote and just leave it out there, knowing what he what Dershowitz did later. But mm-hmm. at one point, Uh-oh. Dershowitz says, every man at one time or another is driven crazy by his wife and in, and in his secret heart wants to murder her. <laughs> so. Wow. And as a lawyer, you would just say that. Yeah. And like so. have that out there. That's kind of nuts <laughs> that you wouldn't... God. Yeah, who could have predicted the fall of so many, like, 
legal, um, I don't know what you could say as like to describe them, but like these kind of like, he, like legal, like heroes that people had in like the late eighties and nineties, like, uh, Giuliani was another one, like yeah. his whole takedown yeah. of the mob in like the seventies, or I think it was the seventies, maybe early eighties was like the stuff of legend. Like yeah. they were talking about that in law schools for years and decades and decades. And then now to see the Giuliani that we have now it's just mm-hmm. so different than who he was and like what he was revered for in his legal career. And now it like essentially is kind of moot. Cause what the fuck now? Yeah. Like same with Dershowitz. Like he was kind of regarded as this like really like talented legal mind. And you know, a, a lot of people thought that he was, I think he wasn't, he like one of the like chief judges I think he worked for. Like he was like, you know, he had like really good credentials. And then now, I mean, yeah. Lord, I mean, so I don't know. I, I, you, you never know. I mean, I guess every man has has a price. So yeah, I mean it's true. Yeah, so um, it's kind of nuts. I think he also was. I'm looking now on his. If you look at his uh, Wikipedia page, I mean, the people like he was on the teams for. Like he was a consultant for Weinstein. Ugh, um, in God. his case in 2018, he was also does something with like the Trump trial. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's blah basically but yeah i don't really oh do you have any more behind the scenes uh no no i don't really have a ton i could not find a budget for this film but i can't imagine it was a ton but the box office was 15.4 so i don't know if this one was considered like a flop or not i mean um i don't know it seems like that's a fair return especially in the late 80s early 90s you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much it costs for, like, sets. It's the only thing I could think that might be expensive. I don't know, yeah. like, what what else. Um, cool. All right, so let's move on to fashion. Oh, Judiana Makovsky is the fashion uh, or the costume designer for this. And I think I've mentioned her before because I've definitely reviewed another film by her because I remember reading off these exact credits. So I'm just trying to see which film I've done costume directed by her because I remember seeing, ah, Practical Magic. I knew it. I was like, I just, I just saw this name. She, not only did she do Practical Magic, she did Lolita. She did White Squall. She did The Ref, that movie that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, She did uh, a lot of Marvel films. Like, she did, uh, I think, like, Endgame and Infinity War and, like, Captain America, the first Hunger Games. Like, she does really cool shit. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Um, and she's upcoming. She's doing, oh, Avengers, another Avengers thing, another Superman movie. So, yeah, she's, like, a big deal in costumes. I loved the costumes. I, I, th- I thought they were really good. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, I have to say that Alan Dershowitz even, like, he really, just his simple kind of professor clothes, I just thought really worked. I feel like it's harder to style more quote unquote normal clothes than people think. Yeah. Like sometimes when I see, um, you know, Jai on the podcast here, like when she has to style for like a commercial and mm-hmm. I keep thinking like, Oh, but it's not like a fashion editorial. It's just basically like pants and a shirt. Like how hard could that be? It's just like a basic, it's harder. Like the more regular and every day, it's like you probably seem to second guess it because you see it all the time. As opposed to, like, a really overt, like, you know, gown. It's, like, so, you know, you can really, like, take it there. But how do you make someone look so regular? Different outfits. Even, like, a costume on a TV show. Like, a sitcom. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you gotta have them in, like, different outfits, but they're, like, regular. So, 
I thought it was even just cool, his looks. But who was your favorite character? Oh in terms of costumes, I may mm-hmm. have to go with Christine Baranski. <laughs> I know, I was going to say Andrea. <laughs> or Andrea. Andrea. Actually, yeah, she was my favorite in terms of looks. She yeah, no. turned looks. She only had like four, but they were amazing. <laughs> At the end, I think I gasped when I saw like that floral, like 80s bitch executive realness oh God, like suit. So, I was like, <laughs> that was so incredible. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, there's, oh my God. There's like one dress where she wears where it's like a pattern of like black and white and like dark and light blue. Yeah. And, it's um, the very first time you see her. And it's just like it, the shoulder pads are like just like reaching for the gods, you know. And <laughs> the like... shoulder padding. <laughs> the shoulder pads are padding. Um, and I think it's like the, the, the like scene where like she like um where she like puts her like um she starts like nuzzle Klaus really closely and I and I and and, and, he, and she's like and I told him get the Jew, you know. Oh, <laughs> so what I know. Dershowitz looks like. And yeah, can I get to work? <laughs> like, I was like, so yeah, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> um, I, I I did also kind of, kind of like crack up when they meet for the first time, and Klaus was like, oh, yes, I have to say, I have the utmost respect for the Jewish people and their intelligence. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? I was like, I was so, like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, so is it? Should I not be entering rooms and saying how much I love black people every time <laughs> yeah. I do it? right is that weird should i just like enter every room and and just be like i'm sorry i don't think that you were all slave owners what the fuck this is 1990 folks this is definitely how 1990 rolled because who the hell's complaining like honestly this is the truth it's not really like it isn't really like i think talked about i mean it wouldn't have been talked about in 1990 because someone definitely would have said that yeah. And, and that yeah. wasn't like a topic of discussion. Now it would have been like more of an issue or if it mm-hmm. was written in the story, it would have been like, Oh my God. But I'm sure that allegedly this dude probably said that like, he's that kind of guy who would have probably said that not to mention Dershowitz wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, he wrote the book on his experience, which I'm sure that may have been one of his experiences when he first met him. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, her outfit was stunning. (laughs) The fact that she didn't have shoes on when she was sitting at that desk. And then when he came in at one point and was like, oh, you know, da da da. And she like put her like pumps on and like walked over. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, her looks were ridiculous. I mean, I love Christine Baranski. I got it too. When is she going to get her Oscar? Like, yeah, is she in films much anymore? She does a lot of TV. She might be more of a television actress more than a film actress but i mean you know i think she should have been in consideration for the birdcage like i mean she i was know like, oh, I, just, I just love her so much she um, has won an emmy she's been nominated a bunch of times for the good wife and she has won an emmy for sybil did you ever see that show i i, I saw it a few times <clears throat> I, I thought it was hilarious it was so oh, good it's with sybil shepherd and like alicia witt is like the daughter Oh, okay. um, with the red hair and then yeah christine baranski is like her friend she was nominated like five times to- i mean yeah four times but she won once in like 95 oh, okay. when that show was on we have to do an we have to do like a um i want to do like our two episode format of uh like tv shows um i kind of want to do like sib like oh we should do the pilot of sybil and the pilot of murphy brown 
Yeah, that'd be cool. Together as like one episode for Patreon. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna mark that down because okay. I love the female-led like '90s women um, sitcoms mm-hmm. that were really big. Like they finally got you know women being like we were talking about it when me and Mike uh, did VIP for Patreon with Pamela Anderson that we were like the '90s was cool because you had all these women leading shows. Yeah. which I don't think had happened before. Not as much. I mean, there was like, you know, Rhoda and like the Mary Tyler Moore show, but mm-hmm. it was different, like an action and like stuff like that. I guess the yeah. action show would be what? Like Charlie's Angels was probably one of the yeah. first ones where women were doing like an action kind of thing for TV. Um, I mean, does the flying nun count? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I have to find out where Sybil or Murphy Brown is streaming. All right. Let's hope it's on YouTube okay well, i haven't seen it anywhere but oh yeah i'm really excited because i fucking love those shows i love christine baranski and yeah she should have won for the bird i mean the birdcage should have just swept in know, what na- the 97 awards i mean honestly oh god high man. art I'm high like, art i'm like just mad that like cuba gooding jr won for best supporting actor <laughs> so fucking mad that fucking edward norton didn't win for primal fear and like that, and, and what the english patient won for everything else like, <sighs> it's just it's just you know you might as well just like cancel the whole thing like just like it just just like pretended that year didn't happen we like, may have to do a special bonus episode because i don't know what, what's gonna happen with these golden globes monday nominations like i'm yeah i'm really we'll scared <laughs> i'm really fucking scared i was talking to jai today um and she was like i was like how was napoleon she was like mm. No. She's yeah. like, well, she's like, I just don't think uh, Joaquin's going to be in the running. She's like, I okay. thought he was, according to the trailer. But she's like, now that I've seen it, she's like, I think, no. She's like, I think you're going to have, like, she's like, Killian has to get the Oscar. She's like, I just don't see how he couldn't. I was like, well, I think he'll get nominated, but I, I don't know who's going to win because we just don't know. <laughs> like, it could be, yeah, like, Zac yeah. Efron. It could also be Adam Driver for Ferrari. They're saying that's incredible. And it's Michael yeah. Mann. I, I mean, mean, he's an incredible director. Well, the Golden Globes sort of, like, they sort of, like, give an idea to what the future nominations might be, but I think the big one is, like, the SAG Awards. Oh, because, yeah, that is because, a big one. Because I think that's, I think that the people who nominate and vote for the SAGs is, like, the same body as that yeah. votes for the Oscars, so. Yeah, because they're mm-hmm. actors. It's, like, people yeah, in yeah. SAG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't mind if, like, I haven't seen it yet, but I think we're going to go see it soon as Poor Things. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't mind if uh, Emma Stone. This looks more interesting than La La Land. Yeah, like yeah, as far as a film goes. But I mean, she might get nominated again. They seem to like her. The Academy seems to like they're, her. I think they're also saying really good things about Willem Dafoe in this movie. Oh, I, that's right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like kind I of love obsessed him. with him. So yeah, I love him. <laughs> like, and this director is really cool. It's like Yorgos. He's Greek. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's the one who did the favorite with Olivia yes. Coleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I think the lobster and yeah. also killing of a sacred deer, which I'm watching currently, Oh, okay. okay. Um, which is really good. I think it's on Netflix now. He's done a lot of things. I think he, no, he didn't do the lighthouse. Wasn't that Robert Eggers? Uh, yes. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah. So no, he didn't do the lighthouse, but yeah. So, um, yeah, it's gonna. It's feeling like it's gonna be a little Hunger Games this year, but I'm I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, let's see. All I yeah, all I really had was just the box office and why am I talking about that behind the scenes? Oh no, more fashion. Yeah, we only talked about Andrea. Okay, what other looks did you like? Um, <laughs> totally lost where I was. Sunny's post coma 1.0 out outfit take one. <laughs> yes. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's green. It's like the green beige. No, Is no, that, no, the, it's, that one. It's um. It's it's like she's wearing this sort of like pink quilted house coat. Oh um, yeah, the the bed and, jacket. And then she's like she's like she, I guess she I, I I guess this this coma didn't take, so I guess I guess she recovered pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it and, was like the navy thing underneath it. Yeah, it was like yeah, dark yeah. underneath it. Yeah, yeah. So um, much for the first coma. <laughs> God. Um, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> so much for the um, first cover. Um, Klaus in a tux in multiple scenes is just something I need to have a moment for. Um, <sighs> also him in various smoking jackets. <laughs> I'll raise you the tux for smoking jackets there's, and um, robes. There's there's that flashback um, scene where they're at the we're at the party in the summer and he tells her about um alexandria his mistress and he's like in the in the black tux oh yeah i think shortly after that we see a flashback from her point of view about how they first met and they're at like this garden party and he's wearing the white tux Uh uh-huh i was just like god damn (laughs) that was also probably part of my sexual awakening because i think that was also in that commercial on the hbo tape (laughs) i remember seeing him outside um yes sitting in that like garden party like an easter like an easter suit yeah. I remember that and him like looking across the way and me being like, hmm, <laughs> I'm interested in this, which is um, odd. I'm trying to think. Uh, Sunny has some really comfortable looking nightgowns. I love her nightgowns. Like there's a green one with like gold lace. I, yeah. I really like. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that one's cool. And then um, I think it's, uh, I can't remember if it was for the first coma or the second coma, but <laughs> she's sort of like. It's it's just hard to keep track. Um, but like um, it's uh, where she's just sort of like s- sitting with with her family like around Christmas, and she's like changed into her night nightgown, but it's like blue. It's like yeah. sort of like blue. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's um, but um, and then can we like not forget the like amazing image of Sunny sitting at the table, smoking a cigarette and sus- and sunglasses. And pearls and eating an ice cream sundae. Uh, <laughs> I want to make that my new icon on Instagram. <laughs> it's like that picture. I need to screen cap it because I don't know if I could find it. I'm on IMDb stills. I think I have to like actually screen cap it from the movie. I also oh, one of my one of my notes was too was Sarah, who's played by Annabella Sciorra. She was giving me very like Marissa Tomei. Yeah, like that's, yeah. She could have been like Marissa Tomei, <laughs> but I loved her outfit where she's wearing like chucks and she has this like bright red blouse on mm, yeah. which is really cool um another amazing look by andrea is that at one point she has this like fur and cashmere like turtleneck sweater when when you see klaus like watching the trial i think on yes. tv and she's like sitting sitting behind him on the bed oh it's the most amazing like yeah. nubby and fuzzy sweater in the world and then of course her last outfit that Oh, that print. It looks like it's like Oscar de la Renta. Yeah, I wonder who did so that. Cool. It's so good. Like, it's just so, so good. I love it. And I love all the, like, I love the, also the shirts of like the teams of the two legal teams from yeah. Dershowitz. Like when they're playing base or basketball, like out in his yard and yeah. there's like team insulin on the back. And then it was like <laughs> team Johnson. Also, I love how his, his house was like, kind of like your yellow house. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's still very like there were multiple things happening at once, but it was like kind of a living, breathing organism. Yeah. He um well I think he said that 
he had 18 Harvard law students helping him with this case. And nuts. He, and he basically like they each like they like were each argument they were trying to tackle, they each took a room in the in the the house. So you know, it's like you the had, biggest like, house ever. I was, I was like, wow, this house is like really expansive. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you have this? And are you sleeping with Sarah? <laughs> I, 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 you I were. I, I guess I'm not sure. I don't think she, we're allowed. She to... keeps saying, "Are you sure this is this isn't personal?" And I was like, "Why are you saying that in front of his son?" Yeah. <laughs> like, does he know something we don't know? Like, I don't know. Kind of confused here. Um, oh, what other ones? I had some other good outfits. Um, let's see. Uh, Sarah did have those cool horn rimmed glasses that I liked a lot too. Yeah, I like those too. Those are cool. Oh, uh, Sunny's like orange taffeta dress when she first meets him. It's like at that gala. Yeah, where she cool. is. Um, see, where you see like the other husband. That was cool. And then the the dress that she has on in like the garden. That's all the roses when the tiger comes up. That was cool. And it's like yeah, all roses that. and he sees her. That's really cool. And I just am obsessed with that pink puffy bed jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like obsessed with that. It reminds me of uh, like something like Grace Kelly would have worn in like a Hitchcock film. Yeah. yeah. Almost like how she was really demanding about that specific robe and dial in for murder. Mm-hmm. It like kind of reminds me of like something like that or something that would be in like whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you in that chair. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's all I have for fashion. Do you have any other notes there? I don't think so. I think we covered most of it. Um, I'm, um, I'm just like obsessed with Christine Bransky in, in general. I know, so, I am too. <laughs> She's also in the Gilded Age. Have you seen that? No, I've heard, I, I heard that's supposed to be good though. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, I am going to watch it because I've heard it's like, they say it's a lot like, um, for, like Downton Abbey, but for like the America Oh, okay. Like, but it's like kind of like, you know, money, but like industrialists, like people who like built the cities. Oh, when cool. is it's, I think it takes place in like the early 1900s oh, or nice. like late 1800s, even something like that. Um, cool. All right. So, music. I mean, there was basically a score. Music's by Mark Isham or Isham. Not sure how you say that. So, there's basically a score, which I really liked. I wrote it was so rich and stuffy, but like sweeping and like. Yeah. Dark at the same time. Um, I was only to I was only able to like uh there's I think they only have like one song in this movie. It's like the one that's playing at at the party. Um, oh like it was a song. It, it's a song Hot Shot by Karen Young. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds funny. Hot it's, shot. It's um it's the same scene where where it's like a flashback where Klaus tells Sonny that he's having the, the affair with Ale- oh. Alexandra. Oh, God. <laughs> so. What a hoe. Hot shot. <laughs> Karen Young. Yeah, there's a bunch of things listed here. Like, there's some Mozart, and there's, like, something, oh, like the London Philharmonic, like Tristan and Isolde, and there are, like, a few other things listed in the, in the soundtrack, but it's not, like... For me, it wasn't. It was basically like a score, but I think they yeah. were done by certain people, though. Okay. Hot shot, hot <laughs> shot by Karen Young. Good for you. Good for you. Um, cool. Well, let's get into favorite scenes and lines. So, did you have any 
Oh boy, I'm not sure where to start. Um, yeah, what's your? Uh, my beginning was just like this real estate porn, and the opening credits was like none other. Yeah, um, uh, love it. Well, I sort of love the, um, just like how it all leads to like Sunny being the narrator and not Klaus. Yeah, like, I love her narration. Like, I mean, just it's so like it's so gentle and like haunting and just like you know creepy and just. You know, it just makes you uncomfortable, but it's like it draws you in. Just like you know, I was like, I want to know everything. The way that um, she mentioned, the way that she started out, it reminded me of the narration in Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like the, I guess it's the second wife, where she's like, "Don't worry, we'll tell you everything, Mandalay, Mandalay." <laughs> so yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Um. I what 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 about you? My first note outside of real estate porn was I love when rich people bring like a fancy wooden headboard and footboard to the hospital bed. <laughs> yeah. They like they like take over like when you see someone like living in a hospital. I don't know why this bed couldn't have just been at her house. Yeah, and she has so much money that I feel like usually in stories they have like a bunch of doctors are like in your house. Like I, as I said before, I'm watching The Crown. So like in the crown, Elizabeth probably would have had like a kind of hospital made up in her room. Like she wouldn't be yeah. in a regular hospital where like everyone else is. So I thought that was really funny when you see like the bed and I was like, damn, it's like a whole, it's like a whole bed frame, <laughs> like on a headboard <laughs> and everything. Like, and it's still the hospital bed. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then I wrote, holy shit, the second coma, she's never going to wake up now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I just wrote, oh my God, my notes are really funny. I was like, oh, OMG, Klaus's apartment. I'm speechless. It's Versailles. <laughs> because it kind of is. Um, as we often talked about the amazing kind of like mysterious myth of the nineties, New York city apartment was like the stuff of legend. And even for like the regular old, you know, working girl, we still had single white female, which was like a fucking goddamn city block. Good lord it was huge <laughs> and she just needed a roommate i was like you could have like four roommates you in know, here they they you know, one thing one of my quibbles with tv shows that take place in college is they is for the dorm rooms they never show like a realistic dorm room like all these dorm rooms are like huge like i mean felicities yeah, this like, I mean, massive. No, I mean, I mean Flissies, you could like pr probably stack at least like six six people in there. Like, at least. Um, I um one thing I, I one show that I did think got kind of close to accurate was like this was like Buffy season four. Yes, that like, was a little bit wider. You could tell because they had like cameras in there. Yeah, but that was the basic gist. Was a was a good dorm room. Yeah. Yeah. They have um some other. I'm trying to think of like. There have been some other shows that have done, uh, like dorm rooms pretty well. Um, I don't know if you did. You ever watch the show Greek? No. It was on like ABC Family in like the mid two thousands, and it was obviously <clears throat> about like Greek life. But they would show dorm rooms every now and again. And then you had, um, the new one, the secret. The was it the Sex Life of College Girls? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. have pretty normal dorm rooms, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. I have, I have seen that. But that's recent. Back in the '90s, I think the thing was is like, I am. This is might be technical, and I might be wrong, but this is my opinion or assumption. Is I think that 
the later the time has gone on and more technology, we have like movable cameras. Mm-hmm. But back in shows like Felicity, like the cameras were so big that the walls, I think, had to move. Yeah. So they couldn't exactly like look like as small and confined as they would. So they would always bring it up in like a plot point. Cause I know one time in Felicity, like when her parents came to visit, they were like, Whoa, this room is huge. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know. She's like, you know, most people, you hear these stories about these like tiny rooms, but like, you know, we really lucked out. And then same when they, when Felicity got that apartment, like in yeah. season three, it was like this massive apartment that just kept going and going. Like when she first walked in, I was like, holy shit. That's for three of you. And they were like, oh my God, this place is so huge. <laughs> like they like mentioned it in the first episode of the season. It's like, it almost feels like they're like, wow, this place is so huge and so typical of what three students would get in New York City at NYU University. <laughs> like it was very like, okay, we clearly know this is probably for like some kind of camera reason because it just seemed like really crazy but i mean hers was like this is like such old money on the level of like versailles yeah. like it, like the yeah. the place was crazy like just even the furnishings everywhere gold everywhere Ugh. yeah like i mean like i mean there was i i'm sure there wasn't a speck of dust anywhere no <laughs> like, i mean like yeah i was like i was like oh that must be nice to live in a clean environment. Um. <laughs> and like Buckingham Palace. Yeah. <laughs> to literally live in like Buckingham Palace. And I was just thinking like, could you imagine being someone that like on their level of wealth or even like while I'm watching the crown, which is like similar where you like, don't even see a bill. Like yeah. you don't even pay a bill because you don't see it. Like those are things that just get taken care of by the house manager. So you don't even see what the light bill is every yeah. month. It doesn't matter because it just gets paid. It's just crazy to think that there are a lot of people that live like that. It's more than you probably think, but yeah, um, it, but it's just crazy to think about. It must be nice. Um, yeah, it must be nice. You know, you never know. It could it could happen. It could happen to you. You know, you you <laughs> never know what could happen. What's around the corner? Some billionaire could be like, I want to give you a billion dollars for this podcast. Just keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my first <clears throat> official favorite scene is the lunch when I wrote Dershey. I think I was trying to like abbreviate <laughs> my notes. Um, I wrote, I love the first lunch of Dershey and Klaus, like at the yeah, that restaurant. Yeah. Like, I really like that where he was like, well, let me tell you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me like about all this. I'm innocent crap. <laughs> like, yeah. I think you did it. You're a piece of shit. But you know what? I'm here because you need to fund me doing pro bono work for people that actually matter. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He was like, $300 an hour. That's a little high. And he's like, yeah. well, I, so um, I love that. I love that. I, um, yeah, the, 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 the way they sort of like approach talking about money is, 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 it's just like class. It's like, so speaking of the unpleasantness, how much do you charge? You know, like, <laughs> I thought he wasn't going to pay him. Oh, Like, yeah. for some reason, I thought in the end, because, you know, in the end, he goes, oh, yes, you still haven't been paid. I'm sure your bill's quite high. Just send your bill to me. And I was like, oh, shit, is he, like, going to back out? But no, that that wasn't <laughs> it. Um, I think my next favorite scene was when, like, Dershowitz is starting to, like, assemble his team. When it's, it's, it's like the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you know, he, it's just, like, a montage of him going from like place to place and just be like i want you i want you i want you and i guess you can 
home along if you want <laughs> you know like... similar tactic in 2001's legally blonde starring reese witherspoon <laughs> i think that's what what did uh lo- the lawyer callahan he's like yeah. he's picking he's picking students first law students <laughs> for his big case and they're all like oh my god i can't wait to get in that internship um Oh, love a good legal drama. I have to do Primal Fear. I know I was going to do it with, um, you know, Susanna's husband, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to ask him if he still wants to do it. Because I can't, I'm like waiting for him to do it. Because I fucking love that movie so much. Yeah, it's great. And um, I, I think he also has this like, alleged, uh, he's probably going to listen to this and be like, that's not true. <laughs> but I think Susanna <laughs> said that he has like an alleged distaste for Laura Liddy, let's say. Oh. <laughs> if she's in that, because I think I asked I asked both of them, like, oh, have you seen Ozark? And they're like, no, Laura Liddy. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, she's good. But I think she, like, doesn't like her roles or something. Which is funny. Um, what's one of my other ones? Oh, I just wrote, like, I love when all of Alan's students are, like, together and, like, bitching about working on this case. And then yeah. you have, like, Felicity Huffman trying to, like, make a stand and be like, I won't do this. You know, I came in here because I have a conscience and I only want to represent people who need it and not this Klaus guy. He fucking did it. Like, this is bullshit. And he's like, wait. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and he's just I, like, hold on. Get off your I, fucking high horse. I, I do love the speech he gives where he's just, just like, every single person in this country deserves a defense if they're charged yeah. with a crime. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I was like, yes, queen. You know? Yes, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Serve mama. <laughs> Tens across the board. <laughs> um, basically, but it's true, though. And then I love how like, she sat her smug ass down. And she ends up working on this case because she needs to, because later on her child's going to try to get in college and she needs to lie because <laughs> she's dumb as fuck. So, oh, uh, what a horrible blow that your actress mom publicly says, like, I had to, she's fucking dumb. Like, she wasn't going to get in um, otherwise. Oh, and then I thought that Dershowitz brought up an interesting point that, like, the thing that pissed him off most about this case is that the family basically hired their own prosecutor and got to like pick and choose the evidence that they turned yeah. over and that you, 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 and that you know if it can happen to klaus it can happen to someone who can't afford or mm-hmm. can't find an, 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 an attorney and that and that speech genuinely scared the shit out of me like yeah. i mean it's it's really scary Just and like, that's why you wonder why a lot of this stuff happens when people don't it looks like a lot of like court, like, you know, court and the legal system is such a like tricky system because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be fair and just, but it's not. Yeah. And like, there's I mean, so many ways to rig it. You, I mean, just the fact that you get a longer sentence, if you choose to go to trial mm-hmm. instead of taking a plea, plea bargain is just really, I don't know. It's just frightening to me. And the um, fact that they dangle your freedom like they dangle your freedom over something <clears throat> for you to like maybe admit to something that you did not do yeah. even intentionally what if something happened as a result of an accident but they don't have enough evidence to technically prove it was an accident you could still be found liable they would make you say that you did something you didn't do and just to be able to get a lighter sentence because yeah. even though you didn't do it it's like when they it's just like questioning people when they're like you know, haven't slept, you know, like mm-hmm. you do things to like mess with their psych, like, you know, their psychological state. So they admit to things and now their things are being overturned now 
They're getting yeah. like people have, you know, certain confessions are coerced because people are just like, you know what? Fine. Just say I did it. Like, I, I don't want to go through this torture of them asking me the same thing over. And then eventually you just break and you just never know. Like hiring a prosecutor is such a f- fairly common occurrence. I'm sure with people with that kind of money and power oh, yeah. and influence. So, yeah. <sighs> um, I do love this voiceover that Sunny gives while it sort of like cuts back to her while she's in bed and like the nurses are sort of tending to her and like, you know, cleaning her up and giving her a sponge bath. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just find out more, more about her. And she's like, did Klaus drive me crazy? Even I don't know, but it's true that I took up to 24 laxatives daily. Popped aspirin like M&M's. Smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. Had a problem with alcohol. Took Valium and Saginol frequently. And consumed large quantities of sweets. Despite a medical condition, hypoglycemia. Which made them hazardous. And I was like, girl. (laughs) (laughs) girl that's uh, she's an icon i'm sorry yeah. like she is an icon i feel like she's loosely um i feel like the character in saltburn is lo- one of the characters is loosely based on her for sure um she also reminds me a lot of um susan sarandon and igby goes down yeah. where she like takes all those like random pills and I'll, I'll, i i will say it again 10 to 12 glasses of eggnog followed by a, a scotch and soda. Don Draper, you fucking wish. You fucking wish. She was like such a fucking tough bitch. It was so nuts. But then she yeah. also just like really served it to him in the end. Like, I, I love how she was just like, you're such a fucking bitch. I love how she says, you marry me for my money, then you want to work. You're the prince of perversion. <laughs> like my favorite say something do something be a man i already have a butler i was like oh oh <laughs> literally just like as i was watching it i was like oh 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 wow yeah okay she's she's really gunning for him to she's really gunning for him to like do something i was just like oh yeah. she uh is she like needling him but i was like you can't needle someone to do that i mean obviously if that's what they're going to do, that's what they're going to do. But it's just like, I was like, Oh no, no. Uh, Then we find, we find out, wait, we find out about Klaus and that his own mother and aunt's death are also suspicious. That's right. That's right. I forgot. Like how weird. And when they mentioned something about the mom, he's like, don't worry about my mom. You could, don't ever ask me about my mom. And they're like, but you didn't report her death for five full days. And he's like, Yeah. And they're like, where were you? And he was like, in the flat. And they're like, where your mom's body was? And he's like, my mother's my own business. I was like, ugh. I think right before that, he's like, then, you know, he's like, you accuse me of murdering my mother and my aunt and necrophilia. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, where did that come from? And he's like, I think, I think he said that you think that I like drug up my wife and have my way with her. I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this got dark. And I don't believe this SVU episode said anything about any like, findings in like uh, a rape kit so like what happened here and they, oh, they kept I, mentioning something about the robe 
Her robe oh, was like over her oh, waist. I think it was um just like the tabloid saying that like he was oh, like Oh, that that's what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, because I was just like, what? I don't, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that was, like, anything, like, introducing to, like, Porter or anything. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And they kept making a point that her robe was found, like, around her waist. Yes. Like, how did that happen if she fell forward? Yes. God. Um, I, and, yeah, the, and I was a little confused about, like, what Dershowitz was suggesting at the end, that, like, she took the drugs, but he dragged her into the bathroom hoping she would freeze to death i was a little confused about that yeah or also the only thing i know that a colder temperature would do is that it would change the it would change the um time of death oh because that's usually how you can tell is is the they measure like the temperature of the room and then the temperature of you and how fast the body will go to whatever degree state that it goes into. Oh, I see. I think. I don't know. The only thing is, is that when he said that yeah. she dragged, okay. she that, was dragged in sense. there, that doesn't explain why she had that uh, cut on her lip from falling. Like, if she was just dragged in there, she wouldn't have blood. Didn't she have, like, blood in her mouth? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, so if she was dragged in there, then that, that wouldn't have happened. And I think there's something else they can tell, too. They can tell if you're dragged. Oh, okay. But I think oh. that was how they explained how the nightgown could have gotten up. And yeah. then he could have dragged her and it, like, pulled up. Or then they said she could have been going to the bathroom and, like, getting ready to, like, pull her thing up to go to the bathroom and then fall in. Then the drugs took a hold and then fell. <sighs> it's like, we don't... We never know. Um, I, I, I do love this quote from, from Sunny where um, she says, Is he the devil? And if so, can the devil get justice? And all this legal activity, is it in Satan's service? (laughs) I also wrote, I love that she made a batch of eggnog to soothe her after divorce talk. (laughs) She's like, enough talk about divorce. Make me a batch of eggnog. (laughs) And it was huge, Um, which is kind of nuts. I just wrote like, I... I love the. I also really love the camaraderie of all the law students at Alan's house. I mean, how could you not with that with that amazing spaghetti night? Like, I know, right? It just looked really fun. I was like, this looks kind of cool. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to go to law school. I know. I was like, I don't think it will be like this. I'll be like, wait, this isn't like reversal of fortune. When are we gonna all hang out? I think from what i understand you're basically reading like constantly yeah (laughs) and like constant um briefs or like transcripts of cases like that's basically what you're looking at or old cases like researching old cases and does this apply to this case it's like yeah it's basically i think don't law students basically just get paid to read and like reference things for the partners yeah so so. that they can like write the argument it's like they have all the information Mm mm-hmm yeah, I'm not a. I I think a lot of them. I'm sure. Are like, I want to get to arguing. <laughs> when do I get to arguing? I don't want to read for like two years. But yeah, you know, because you were like around your brother when he was in law school. Was not he like yeah. reading all the time? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I wonder now if people if it's easier and people do audiobooks. Yeah, maybe. Um, or I, I mean, wonder I, if they have to see it to like you know circle it or something. I, I wonder how that works. Well, I um I, I think like in I don't know if they do this in every law school, but I think like a lot of law schools use the Socratic method, where 
like the professor will like call on the students be like okay explain to me this legal term and then a student will try and state their answer and law professor will be like wrong next you know oh, and then he'll like basically go from student to student until he like he basically finds an answer that 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 he likes and then you know he'll like move, move on to like 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 the next question and oh. I've, I've heard it's like it's like awful but you really do learn um oh okay yeah. that is kind of common when you see law school i think even on um tv or yeah, on film yeah. because i'm sure they have law professors and law students that are like you know consulting for the films if it's a law film you probably have to have a lawyer who's actually been a lawyer and they know all the jargon and like how you research and how you do all that but even in like uh, legally blonde it was like that yeah where like yeah. she was asking all these different questions and then they would all kind of like fill in they'd be like nope and then it was like you know l would say something and then he's like yeah that's right like yeah, yeah that's that's what it is and she's like mm. <laughs> um there there were a couple of scenes i thought were kind of funny between klaus and sunny one was i think after the first coma where um um like uh where sunny's bag is missing and i think she thinks that the um that uh like well the, the bag with all of her drugs in it and um and and and, and so he just like comes into the room and she's like did you take it and then class is just like of course not darling take what <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, there's God. and then there's a scene a few minutes later where she i was a little confused about this but it's like where she's like mixing up the drugs and like grinding them down i i, I, yeah. I guess, like, um in order i, I think class was saying she's to like put her drugs in liquid and then like ingest them is i, I was like i was a little confused about that um i thought but, she was gonna inject them oh wasn't didn't uh, she inject them at, well didn't they find the syringe the syringe was like the big thing was like was this all caked on like how did someone wipe off the needle like that was like one of the big things was like they didn't know if it was injected. But then when we saw what she did in the end, she was doing it by dropper and there was no syringe. Yeah, well, no, well, because the team determined that like in order to get that crust on the end, you it couldn't have been injected because the skin sort of wipes the needle clean. So in order to get that crust on the end, it has to be like dipped into a liquid. Yeah, and so then it, it, how? Has... so then how did they even like how... Was there a needle found at the scene? Uh, yeah, well, I think they found a, a needle in, like, that infamous black bag. Oh. That, um, but, like, I think that... Um, I think they were able to argue that uh, that um, once the bag was turned over to the police, because the bag was gathered by her son, that guy oh. who worked for the prosecutor, that once it was turned over to the police that them searching the bag constituted an, an illegal search and seizure. Yeah. So, um, uh, but anyway, so she, I, 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 whatever she was doing, she's like grinding up drugs for something. Um, and, um, you know, and she's kind of, kind of, you know, like m m m muttering to herself. And I think she's either talking about the maid or her mother or something. And she's like, she thinks she is my Lord and master, you know, stupid woman. And, you know, class is like, that's outrageous. I am your lord and master. And then she, like, looks at him and he's just like, just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'd be like, sure. <laughs> I was okay. like, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, please. <laughs> God. 
It's really also I have to say at the end I my last note was like this is sad, but good lord that bathroom. <laughs> Holy shit, it was Versailles in there. All that marble and gold chair. It was like one of those fancy salon bathrooms at like a really upscale de- department store. Well, I think they each had their own because oh. like I, like I think that um, like the 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 real room that like they found her in, it, I think they like got it pretty close to how it actually was. Wow! And so it's I like, think, like Rebecca. Yeah, I think she had her bathroom, and then he had his sort of like onto the the <laughs> other side. The one that he so, snuck off to after he took a run, but he didn't look in the bed. He just yeah. <laughs> beeline straight to the closet slash bathroom. He's like, I, I don't know if she was alive. I just went straight <laughs> to the bathroom. I, I just got out of bed. I didn't look at anything. <laughs> I just got up and did did my exercises, got on the phone and called Deborah, and then came back into my room and then it shows him just like zipping right into the room, like not looking left or right, like really sketchily. Then the next scenario is like him going in there with a flashlight, just like shoving the flashlight into her and being like, hmm, she's still alive. She's still kind of breathing. I was like, yeah, but then why didn't he kill her? If he really wanted her money, wouldn't he kill her? I mean... Or did he have power of attorney over her because she was, like, incapacitated? Who was able to spend her money? He was. I mean, again, I think the evidence the evidence points to him not being guilty. I just don't think there's evidence that there's a crime. Yeah. So, they couldn't prove it. Um, How crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I... Do you have any more notes? On this um, movie, I don't think so. Um, what, this is a good pick. You? Yeah, no, this yeah. was a good. This was a good pick. I'm glad. I mean, since we're talking like, uh, kind of like seedy, uh, I have to find another a good like seedy domestic, uh, story that like sh- is good for the holiday with a slight Christmas scene in the background because now Mm. as we've decided at the end of this we've come to the realization that reversal of fortune is a christmas movie (laughs) it is a christmas movie above all other things i mean so it counts and i have to do um i don't know if you want to do home alone with me but i think um me and mike you're gonna do that um i haven't seen home alone in like i gotta say like 30 years god i love home alone so much it's been a long time, but I'm excited. I do really like it. It really freaked me out when I was younger. That neighbor, yeah, that like old guy who was like kind of sort of like Freddy Krueger. Um, Kevin's piece of shit family is like so awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, they really are. I love how too like now the older that we get, I keep seeing that meme every Christmas that was like the older I get, the more I wonder how like this family of nine afforded like this house and a trip to Paris for like eleven people. <laughs> Like, what in the fuck? Like, are they all adopted, too? Like, this mom had all these kids? She's, like, not that old. It was, like, kind of hard to tell, like, whose kids were whose kids, because that, because, like, because, like, the aunt and uncle were there, too, and they had their own crew. Oh, that's right. It's, like, like, kind of nuts. It (laughs) was very, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but on, like, a smaller scale. Yeah. Because it was, like, some other people's kids. That's another movie that I can't wait to do. That I oddly enough own on DVD. And I'm always like, every time I flip past it, I'm like, why did I buy this? (laughs) Like, I think I've watched it like twice since I've owned it on DVD, but I've had it for so long. And I'm like, this, I remember seeing in the, in the theater, like really vividly, I must've been like seven. And I remember being like, this is wild. (laughs) 
like, this is like actually really scary. I think it was like 89 or something. And I was like, this is actually really scary. Like the ant part scared me until the end. He became like the best thing in the fucking world. And I was so upset. Oh um, my god, that ant, that ant card just like crushed all of our souls. Rush! Like, it was like all dogs go to heaven, the land before time. It was like all these moments <laughs> that they showed us that were supposed to be like heartfelt that like scarred us forever. I, I was just like, no, this is just crazy. Also, that new Jurassic Park game looks amazing. I know, right? What in the fuck? Like, so, I, I want to get whatever platform that is played on. So after Michael Crichton died, apparently they found like a manuscript he wrote called Micro, and Ooh. it was a basically a um, company that like um, it's basically about like a biotechnology company that found a way to like shrink people to about half an inch uh, tall. Oh and shit! The, it's like a group of graduate students who are touring the facility and they witness a crime. And the guy who committed it tricks them into going into the shrinking chamber. And <sighs> he shrinks them down to half an inch tall, gathers them all into a bag, and, and um, dumps them all off in the Hawaiian jungle. Shut and, the fuck up! And it's like a like gruesome, hardcore, <gasps> like R-rated, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, Wait, is it a movie? No, it's just a novel. So it. Oh um, shit! So it was. So it was published. It 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 was published. I think it was only like a, like, like a quarter or two thirds of the way done. So they had oh. to get a certain author to come in and finish it. Oh but, man! Which I, I, it, it's a so it, it doesn't. Um. So it's like not as good as like a full Michael Crichton book, but I still really like it. Um. Damn, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they said that it's going to be made. It's well, it's supposed to be made into a film. I don't know. And they said something that um, this is 2015. So who knows? It's probably one of those projects that's out floating around. uh, Probably just like in like, just like in limbo. I know. You know what they should do? They should have some type of like hunger games for films where all of these like, uh, manuscripts are just out there and like the public almost like brackets like gets to vote f- for every big studio that has all these like in development scripts and they like don't know what to do next they should have something where like the treatment is out where it's like the basic synopsis and like the public gets to vote like what movie they want made yeah and like yeah. we have a choice because they're like clearly they like make all these weird movies and it's like who asked for this if you gave us the fact that you have micro like someone's written a script for for micro and we're like yo let us fucking see this little like mini script and then yeah. see the public might be like fuck yeah i want to see that make that rated r and like that'll be the next like big you know like cool movie like something that people want yeah, that would be badass. That'd be really cool. I don't know how that would work, but that that would be neat if we could, as a as a people, we could vote yeah. on films <laughs> that would be made so that they would save money, which would be really cool. Yeah, well, I don't know what else we're doing um, specifically for the next one, but I kind of now want to do uh, Murder by Numbers. <laughs> oh, nice for um for forward flash on patreon this month because of we were talking about barbet schroeder and i was like i fucking love that movie um so yeah maybe we'll do that soon but follow us on patreon there's two tiers there's a shit ton of stuff up there i'm going to be doing some interviews probably in the new year since it's uh december so look for that and rate us and subscribe follow give us five stars and all that and yeah we'll see you on the next one bye bye